Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we talk about Overwatch, Howl World, and the Oscars. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Week in Geek, where it's Geeky Week all the time. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't have any inspiration for this this week. I don't. It's it's I'm tired. It's been a very like. I don't know, kind of lethargic week for me just because it's kind of been raining. I don't know if it's been raining up in, in Bay, but it's been raining down in L.A. And like we don't know how to deal with weather down here. Yeah. Uh, it, it did rain like one night and it was like real bad. I saw like a couple of like cars on the side and, you know, there were a couple of moments of hydroplaning where I'm like, uh, <laughs> like my bad for following speed limit and trying to be nice. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's people don't know how to drive in the rain down here because we don't get weather in California at all. Mm-hmm. Um which is nice sometimes because we don't have to like worry about like snow chains or having to like buy special outfits for the weather. But also mm-hmm. it's like when it does happen, we're we're just all screwed. Yeah. We're absolutely all screwed. <laughs> How have you been, Kevin? How's work? How is how is everything? Oh, uh, it's been pretty pretty mellow recently. Um not, nothing too crazy. I've been pretty much working on like Fridays and the weekends are usually like the most busy for me. Um, I got yesterday off. I have today off, and then I have tomorrow off. Of all, it's very, very unusual stretch of not playing anything, um, or not having to go into work. Um, but tomorrow I'm going to go see the Scribble Showdown. Um, Ooh, which is like a bunch of YouTube animators getting together, and they play like a game show. Um, that is hosted by Ego Raptor. Who, who's um, in in this? I think I might know a couple of them. Uh, yeah. So let me let me pull up the roster again. I'm pretty sure it's Jaden Animations. Okay. Yep. Um, her. the odd ones out. Yep. Um, Domix. Uh, let's see. I think Rubber Ross made it again this year, and then I think Aaron is hosting it. But uh, let me. Let me just make sure I have the meetup paper somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's Domix, Rubber Ross, uh, Ego Raptor, um, Odd Ones Out, and Jaden Animations. Okay, I know a couple of them. Yeah, I saw them. I think I I don't want to say it was last year. It's probably like a couple of years ago. Um, they did one in L.A. and that's when I met you the first time. Oh, um, that's why you down were down in LA. there. Yeah, that, that's why I was down there. Um, we saw the first one, and that one was open for all audiences, and they had Emerichu step in for Domix. Um, Emerichu is another like YouTube like story time animator, um, but she lives in Japan now, so yeah, it would be hard for for them to come over. Um, but that one, once again, that one was open to all audiences. This new one is only eighteen plus, so I'm assuming it's gonna get raunchy and funny. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what they do this time. Um, other than that, I've just been reading a bunch of manga. I've been trying to catch up on a bunch of series that I've had in the backlog. Um, I bought myself as a treat the rest of Slam Dunk, so I have all the volumes of Slam Dunk now. It's just a matter of me like slowly getting my slowly getting my way through it so you mean you actually read the books that you buy instead of just collecting them yeah i'm i'm realizing that i'm not necessarily a book dragon which i initially <laughs> thought but i'm indeed a bookworm i'm actually going through them uh what about you matt how was your week how's everything going on your end um it's been 
It's been a week. I don't know what happened. It's just I'm very tired recently, and I just kind of want to not do work. But I'm also still, like, glad that I have a job Mm -hmm. because it sucks not having a job, especially when everything costs money. Exactly. Um, (laughs) So it's just mostly been working, going to rehearsals. I didn't really... I don't think I did anything this weekend besides, like... Yeah. Oh, oh, what I did was I found out that, um, well, I didn't find out. I've known about this place. I've just never been there. Um, I, uh, there was a, what's it, a, a video, there's a video store, like a video rental store in me, like independently owned. Um, mm-hmm. and I've, I've known about it for a while. I've just never been in there, but I finally went in and like rented a couple movies and the, um, the little old Asian lady who runs the place was just like so like adorable. She's like, "Oh my god, how did you find us? Oh my goodness, uh, how, I'm so glad that you're here. You look so smart. You look so um <laughs> like capable. Like you you look intelligent. You look so responsible." And I don't know if she's just like talking me up or that's just like how she is. But it was adorable. And then I came back to return the movie the next day. It was the holdovers, which my parents hadn't seen, but like it's getting nominations. Mm. So I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah. we should see it. So. Um, fantastic movie. I hope it wins Paul Giamatti awards and the rest of the cast because it's it's a, such a good movie. Um, but then I came in the next day and I was wearing my one of my UCLA sweatshirts, and then she's like, "Oh my god, who went? Your family went to UCLA?" And I told her that I did, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so proud of you!" And like her sons both went to UCLA, and I think her daughters-in-law also went to UCLA. So we we bonded over that and it made me feel good <laughs> to to have like cuz agents don't usually tell you that they're proud of you yeah we we usually just stare at you and then just like glare really hard uh and yeah. then you you just assume that like that means approval <laughs> mhm mhm so that was what i did um tomorrow um is my mom's birthday so we are going to go see like the michael jackson stage play that's going on at the pantages and like we so I was trying to buy the tickets last night, right? And these are like mm-hmm. the last tickets uh, that are available. It's like there's just enough that we could probably make it in. Um, and these tickets were fifty bucks for like absolute nosebleeds, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, "Oh, we'll we'll buy them tomorrow. Let's see if your dad like wants to go because like it we're, we were gonna go like for her birthday." And it's like, well, why does it matter if he wants to go? He's he's going if we buy him the ticket and drag him there. He he doesn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. There, there is no option to say no here. But anyway, um, so uh, we we waited for whatever reason. And then like I looked today to check and they were all sold out. And then they were oh. back on resale for $100. So it's it's double the price. So I'm like, hey, mom, if you want to go, like they are double the price now. And as soon as she's like, oh, okay, maybe like, is there any other day we can check? I'm like, no, this is like really the only available day. And as I was saying that, they got bought up again. Yeah. And then they got put on the market again for an even higher price for $130. And then we just like, okay, are we doing this? We're doing this. Okay. And I bought the tickets. But like they were $50, Kevin. And then now they were $130. And then on top of Ticketmaster fees, which was like the price of another ticket. So (laughs) it's too expensive. Fuck you, Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster sucks. Mm. So that has been my week, and that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Nice. <sighs> anyway, let's get into the news of the week, shall we? Um, this is a big piece of news, especially for us, because uh considering the Overwatch of it all. Kevin, have you heard anything about the new um Overwatch competitive thing that they're doing? I watched a little bit of it, um, and I've, I brought it up to my community, and we're discussing a little bit of it, but I, I didn't get into, like, all the details of it, but I, I just, I thought it was an interesting, like, thing, you know? Yeah. Um, interesting, good, or interesting, bad? So, that that's where our, like, whole thing is kind of crazy um Mm -hmm. for for my group like we played overwatch this was like my like most of the people who i still hang out with are either players that i've played with um or i've coached so Mm. from for overwatch um in general and so a lot of people like in my discord still have a bad taste in their mouth from overwatch and 
like i don't blame them obviously like we we had that moment where like nothing was happening and then we get overwatch 2 and then we don't get pve and then we're kind of in this limbo of of the game right now where it's like yeah it's sure you could keep adding characters or whatever but if we don't have fun playing the game and like us coming from obviously like six on six where it was originally yeah. we feel like we're so one of us still has to sit out i have like mostly tank mains in my in my server just because like we came from you know having two per team and being able to like rotate off of each other and that was like the whole thing that we had so the overall sentiment for overwatch league is like like it it was good while it was when it was like accessible for everyone um now that it's you know things are locked behind paywalls you have like you have to grind for the battle pass. You have to grind to get new characters and so on and right. so forth, right? It it feels like a lot of us, in terms of the game itself, don't feel like we should put in the time in order to do that when, like, everything has changed from the first game, from the first iteration. Um, on the other hand, like, uh, for us coming from the esports side, when I'm talking to, like, my, my esports friends, we're saying, like, okay, this is actually a good opportunity for like teams to do it without having the like city model and i understand why they wanted the city model for it to be more like traditional sports and you know pit cities against cities and so on and so forth sell merch that way but at the same time like the way how an esport becomes popular and becomes big originally starts with your grassroots scene so Mm -hmm. if you have a community that loves your game you're gonna end up having to run tournaments eventually um it's just a matter of how you take it so i like the idea for this new championship series i just don't know if like i I don't know if like any of like my close friends are gonna like be as invested in it um just because of the way how blizzard has handled it right i mean like we don't have bobby kodak anymore so yeah so hopefully it's a little bit better Maybe that's a good thing, and they're they're also running it with another um, esports company. So, like, just getting mm-hmm. into the details of it, um, they are of course moving away from that city model, which is like like you mentioned, is more like traditional sports. Which they, I guess, they were trying to maybe make it more like financially appealing, and also like more of a uh, follow the traditional sports model to get more people who are not familiar with esports to understand the structure of it all. Um, mm-hmm. plus it's also like it, it gives the teams like an identity and, and a base I suppose but like this is kind of just going to be open like qualifiers like any any pe- you can put together any team of like eight people from anywhere in the world as long as like six of you are in the same region two people I think can be outside of your home region wherever you're competing Um, but in general you can be from anywhere in, in the region you don't have to be like located in any specific place in order mm-hmm. to compete to this in this tournament format, um, we have a couple of regions. There's the North America region. There's the um, Europe, Middle Eastern, and Asia. No, an Africa, Eastern Europe, Middle East, and Asia um, region. There's also going to be the Asia region, which is going to be broken down into subregions of Korea, Japan, and the Pacific region, like Pacific Island area, Oceania, Oceania all that. Um, they they have different formats. Where, like, for example, for um, North America, you have qualifier rounds, which are, um, all, like, there's a week of qualifiers. Then there's another group stage. And then based on the how you perform in that second stage, you get moved into, like, the main tournaments. Um, I think that's, that's what it looks like. I don't know if I'm misunderstanding the way that this um, is functioning already. And then Asia has different qualifiers and round robin tournaments, elim tournaments, etc. But there's mainly going to be like two overall like big like international events. There's going to be um uh a majors um international competition and a finals competition. So the qualifiers start in February, um, then they go all the way until April and in May is that main qualifier. Then there's going to be a two month break and picking up in August, there's going to be um, stage three of this 
year's tournaments and then going to October. November is going to be the finals. And I guess there's going to be another two month break and then we're back in February. Um, this is going to be run with the, at least in the um, America, Middle East, Europe, and Africa regions, it's going to be run through Face It, which is an Overwatch, not an Overwatch, an esports platform yeah, uh, company. I, yeah. I haven't heard of them before because I'm not really into that world. Kevin, what can you tell us about Face It? Face It is not like it's not the well, there's a lot of groups that will use whichever like uh, tournament setup software they want. Um, face it is one of them. I, I have had, I haven't heard anything bad about face it. That's, that's the thing. I feel like obviously like a tournament organizer would probably know more about, you know, right. the back end half of it. But so far they've only told me like, yeah, this is like, it's, it's a solid software. You know, you get people in there. It's like the same thing. It's the same thing as like having a like typical bracket setup and just overall really, really interesting. In the Asia region, they're having a um, different, what's it called? Company. I can't think of what the company. Wow, that's that's bad for my uh, memory and recall. But it's going to be run through Wara GG in um, the Asian regions. And I I know even less about them. <laughs> Not that I know anything about Face It. But have you heard anything about Wara, Kevin? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, we don't know anything about them. Um but there's going to be like they're going to have live events, international live events. There's also going to be like smaller esports programs. Like they're going to have a collegiate tournament, um, other mini tournaments, I guess. Uh, the whole point of this is that they're opening it up to everybody, and they're making it more accessible to ju- I guess just average people to play, which I guess would maybe make. I don't know if it, it incentivizes and incentivizes watching and being involved more if like anybody can play if it's not just the pro teams playing mm-hmm. what i'm wondering is like when they're saying like anybody can compete mm-hmm. does it mean that console players can compete or is it just going to be limited to uh pc i feel like it could be anyone um i <laughs> I, I forgot that I, I i did a couple of uh unite tournaments um this weekend as well um oh yeah but, i forgot to ask you about that i remember you talked about that last week yeah it's, it's all good like it the only reason why i bring it up is because in the tournament that i casted on saturday um there was like this i had this new guy who who like barely casted at all right and he's just like getting used to it and like he's very like he reminds me of like me when i first started where it's like you have to be like take yourself very seriously because everyone else in the industry would take you seriously if you treat your job with respect right right and i'm at a point where like i've i've had that but i need to like have fun and like differentiate myself a little bit um so in every single round or every single match so like a best of three match every best of three that i was able to cast that day i was like i'm gonna try to sneak in one pixar reference or like some pixar quote right and the quote that I did for like the last game that I that I casted was Gusto, Chef Gusto, right? Uh, Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can cook, but only the fearless can be great. That is like an excellent quote from from Gusto. But that is the same thing that applies to the Overwatch League here or the Overwatch Championship Series. My bad. Um, the Overwatch Championship Series is that anyone can play, right? But only the great can can ascend to those like bigger tournaments, right? It you can invite as many people as possible. It just becomes like, can you perform at the highest level? Can you like prove your worth when you get to those like bigger matches? And that's what I'm more excited for. Where you might see, you know, you might see some players just be like a seasonal thing where it's like they might play one game competitively and then they'll just scrap together a bunch of people and just grind. For like a month or so and then get their way up to you know the championship sphere because there is that gap of the june july like kind of break in in the middle i'm assuming that's just to you know one let people enjoy their summer but also like really allow like teams to grind and like figure out what they're doing so um yeah that, that that's how i feel about it i feel like like anyone can play in the tournaments 
but it's we're going to find more local talent and more like players who we otherwise wouldn't have known about because of the teams that they're playing together, you know? Mm -hmm. Overall, do you think this is going to be successful? Um, I have no idea. Um, I believe that a strength of an esports scene is a hundred percent based off of your game and the and the public opinion of your game. Um, I only say that because there are moments where you want to not only prove that you're still good and like you can play or whatever, but you also want to like you want to have a game that's exciting and fun for everyone who's playing. And like, yes, there's still players who are going to play Overwatch. You're going to enjoy playing Overwatch and that is totally fine. Feel free to just play Overwatch. Have fun with it, right? But there are going to be moments where us as like us as competitors or like us as like players of the game who want to enjoy your game. Um, like if we don't feel excited to watch the game itself, we're not going to tune in. Yeah. And that is the unfortunate truth. It's like you have to like you could have an excellent game, but if you don't have people who are excited to watch your game, then no one's going to watch your game. That's just, mm -hmm. that's the, the rough or like the uh, harsh truth about it. Do you think that again, by opening it up to like literally anybody and, and having the winners be pretty much anybody instead of like prof quote unquote professional esports, like they, this could be like, the dudes who just kind of play together on a, a random Friday night and they just end up going all the way, or it could be like a, an mm -hmm. all girl gamer team, or it can be like, I don't know. It could, it, it, it could be your old esports team, a college esports team, like, like mm -hmm. graduated and came back together. Like, do you think that has an appeal and will make it more, um, give it that push to get people to continue watching or. I or think is, the storylines will be compelling compelling mm -hmm. enough like if obviously like in professional esports we like to craft the storylines um and make it exciting for everyone so i do believe that yes having those things of like this is a college team this is a team that's been together since overwatch one they all live in the same house they're cool this is our first like all female overwatch team that has proved their worth right when you mm -hmm. get them on the big stage, that's when like you you can be like, oh, their coach was like this person or this person or like the like how long have they been playing for? What is their favorite stuff? Right. Like all that is stuff that we love to dig into and we love to like figure out. And <laughs> I think that like it, it's great to watch, obviously, like to like watch the development of teams when it happens. Right. Um, But like. At the same time, I don't know if you're going to get the same thing where it starts becoming like you could start building teams and stuff like that, but you're going to need you might still need like outside esports help in order to get your like name on like a qualifiers or to like essentially have the backing to go to like a major event, you know, Yeah. but I'm excited to see what happens with this. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of watching as much Overwatch as I used to, but this right. would at least like at It'd least seeing how new. this works. Yeah, it it might be interesting to see how, you know, does this new structure help revitalize Overwatch or is Overwatch still going to be like the game that we all remember like being excellent and then just like dipping off hella hard. So we'll, we'll definitely right. have to be keeping an eye out on that. You mentioning the storylines makes me think of like America's got talent also. Cause it's like, it, it can be uh -huh. anybody there too, but it's also like, I think a lot of the time the people who win are the people with like the sob stories. Yeah. Like that, that's the whole thing. I mean, like my, my sister and my dad have been watching that squid game, like game show. Oh, Which, I haven't started that. In my opinion, like it, it makes I feel like it, it misses the point of Squid Game. Exactly. 
And that, that's the reason why I don't watch it. But like, they're like, oh, it's a soft story. Like each person's fighting for something. I'm like, so like that's that's Squid Game. Like they're not the dying. Like it's a game show. It's it's all good. But yeah, like I I think that it's gonna be interesting to see if this helps Overwatch. Like I love competitive esports overall. Like for sure. But I don't know if this is going to be enough to drive like players who may have lost faith in the game back to the game. Mm-hmm. There needs to be something in the game that's not like a ooh, a new skin or something like that. It's gotta be like, hey, we're like if they if they all of a sudden I doubt that this is gonna happen, but if all of a sudden they're like Jeff Kaplan returns, like <laughs> like he he's back. And then on top of that, they're like six on six back. Like if we're we're bringing back the old school, like two tanks, we have like not quite re like brought everything back to that point, but like you know we we've tuned everything to be okay with two tanks, where they won't take over the game. And I'll be like, hey, okay, let's get the team back together. Let's see what we can yeah. do. Let's see let's see what happens. You know, um, but I do think that like at least for this like this editor this iteration of. Overwatch 2, I think a lot of players are a lot of continuing players, players who are still playing are excited and we'll see if it breaks into markets that like maybe we didn't know about um, in terms of like Overwatch League was really big and that's why they got like certain spots on like Disney XD of all things um, like just bigger like events and people talking about like the events that are happening so I'm interested in seeing how this Overwatch Championship series forms and what this means for the future of the game itself. Um, If they can make Overwatch exciting in a way, like if they like it has to be something that's not like we're watching the same thing over and over again. There has to be some form of like really high level excitement or like even if it's like a crazy signing or something like that to like a team, it, it might it might happen. But I don't know exactly what needs to happen in the Overwatch scene to make this something that excites me. My wonder is if it's if we get this and again, along with the storylines, is there going to be like a Dark Horse team that actually like shows that they have the metal to do it? Or is it just going to be taken over by like, the college teams or the pro teams or like mm-hmm. the other pro gamers or streamers again is is it just gonna be the same faces we've seen in esports or like the same types of people or is this actually gonna be like oh anybody can like play and win now so yeah I, that's another like that reminds me of like the doritos like super bowl commercial where it's like anyone could submit something but like if you don't have the money to back yourself to like you know, make yourself that big in the scene, like to to get yourself like, you know, the best PC, stay on land, to hire a coach, to like make sure that you're all good. Like, would a team that is playing off the couch or whatever, like be able to stand against like a team that's like organized and training the same way, you know? Yeah. Um, definitely be keeping an eye out for that. But I do think that a lot of like esports companies are more excited about this style rather than having to do the buy-in and so on and so forth but you might see teams like you know nrg clg um like team liquid evil geniuses on and so forth they they're probably going to sponsor a team or just like like try to help them out one way or another just because they're esports orgs and they want to have their name on things um so i'm expecting like 100 thieves or whoever to sign um you might be able to get a dsg team maybe like uh you know, Moist Vogels, depending on depending on what people really would like to see. So we'll keep an eye out for like the organizations that might sign on or might sign a team towards the end of it, you know? Yeah. Okay, so for more gaming stuff that is just kind of interesting going on this week, Kevin, what have you heard about Pal World? Like I had I, I don't have a gaming PC, so I can't really play it. And I don't really I don't have Game Pass right now for Xbox. So even if I I could play it on Xbox, but I, I don't have that. Um, no word yet as if it's actually going to come to PlayStation. It might. There is a hope like PlayStation acknowledges that it's a big game. And they said, uh, from what we know, they might be looking into getting that license, but 
as of now, it's just PC and, and Xbox. So what what have you heard about it? Yeah. Um, to be honest, all of my friends are playing it. Um, I am on the fence about buying it just because of like my personal beliefs and like the reason why, like just just some of the things about like the company itself. Like we'll probably end up going into it. Uh-huh. Um, I but... don't know anything about this company. Oh, okay. I'll I'll go into it later then. Um, but for the most part, it's like I I enjoy like people having fun with it. It is kind of like an open world kind of a lot of people saying it's like Pokemon meets like Genshin Impact without like the the gotcha aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's mostly like going around and, and collecting Pokemon. It's like Pokemon meets art for you. Yeah. Essentially. Plus four. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. It's just it's tough to like limit it down to certain things but yeah the um, way i've seen it described it's like if you took every single early access game on steam and blended it together this is what you get yeah uh, a lot of people are playing it uh the maximum number you could get in a server is four right now so i know that a lot of my friends are playing in groups of four but um other people are starting to get into dedicated servers and trying to get more people on so um we'll definitely think about it uh as we uh as as we continue to watch where this game is going, you know. Mm-hmm. So currently, like, it's made the news because Pal World is Pokemon with guns. Essentially, mm-hmm. is is a draw for people. Um, but also it broke records in Steam for all time um concurrent players. Uh, I think the high. Right, it has been like one million eight hundred sixty-four thousand four hundred twenty-one, which is again the, the the highest number, or no, the second highest peak in Steam history. So that's a big thing. That's what. That's why one of the reasons why it was making the news. Another reason why it made the news is because um someone actually put in a Pokemon mod, um the same guy who has been going around doing like the um the fighting game mods where like you'll get um the like the, the Pixar characters or the DreamWorks characters fighting against each other. Um let's see if I can find this guy's name. Oh Toasted Shoes. So Toasted Shoes has been like modding um Mortal Kombat 1 with fighting game characters based on other licensed properties. But he recently put a video online of a mod that he had developed with actual Pokemon characters like Pikachu, Torchic, etc. Um Although the game does not currently support mods, what Toasted Shoe says is that the developers promised support for mods in the future, so he was getting this ready. I don't think he should have released it as soon as he did. Um, it, I mean, obviously, he was trying to capitalize on the uh, the release of the game to get hype around this mod, but Nintendo already came for him, already issued him a, uh, a takedown notice. He said, Nintendo has come for me. Please leave me and your thoughts and prayers. So he posted the mod video on Monday. By Tuesday, that video was taken down. Um, so I, I, this was to be fully expected. We know how protective Nintendo is of their IP. They are like the Disney of video games. Another thing that this is kind of, it, uh, nothing has come of this yet. It's still kind of, um, in the air still being looked at and discussed etc cetera, etc cetera. but um pal world has been besides like copying like the pokemon-ish concept of like capturing things in capsules also you can capture other people in this game in your pokeball mm-hmm. things which yep. is i mean yeah why not why 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 have we not been able to do this before although that's kind of kidnapping um but anyway uh pal world has been accused of straight up ripping and plagiarizing some of their character assets from directly from Pokemon. Um, a, a person on Twitter or X, I hate calling it X, but um, posted uh, screenshots or videos comparing like Power World's 3D game models to ones in Pokemon. And apparently that they were very, the, the fact that the ratios were very similar is highly indicative that these um they're the creature assets in pal world were more than likely ripped from pokemon and then slightly edited to be different it's like kind of copying someone's homework but you just change it enough just so that you can claim that it's you didn't copy and then it was Mm -hmm. different um it was looks like these assets were ripped from scarlet and violet um the video games chronicle 
um, talk, talk to some video game artists who didn't want to be named, but worked on AAA games. According to them, um, they said they, there are some quotes that they said, um, you cannot in any way accidentally get the same proportions on multiple models from another game without ripping the models or at the very least tracing them meticulously first. Uh, I would stand in court as an expert to testify on this, to give you an idea how possible that is. Sometimes we have to copy one mesh to another when we make sequels for games. For example, redrawing an NPC from one game to another, and even then we rework those old models. They only sometimes match this closely due to rigging games that might need, rigging changes that might need to happen. Um. So, yeah, I mean, if it, if it, if this becomes a, an actual issue where it's proven that these assets have been actually plagiarized then we are mm -hmm. potentially looking at the whole game being taken down yeah so i mean at this point the ball is in nintendo's court to find proof mm -hmm. so but if they yeah. do this is going to be big yeah the, this is one of the things that like I, I was discussing with with friends about this this is kind of a like the this has got two two specific like sides to it there's two specific sides of this argument and like what this means for pokemon and like the rest of uh like the the, the rest of this kind of like uh genre of game right um if pal world does really well which it is right now obviously it's doing very well um if pal world does well and then pokemon like if anything, this means that Pokemon has like one of two options. One, they they make another Legends game that is on par, if not better, than Pal World, and that's the only way how they can like gain it. Because so far mm -hmm. there hasn't been anything that has challenged Game Freak in terms of like the same, like almost the same kind of like bubble, right? And yeah. this is probably one of the first ones that's like stepping up to Pokemon and not saying like, oh, we're we're gonna rip off your turn-based stuff, or like, you know, 2D, whatever. This one's like, hey, full 3D running on PC. We're going to like be in your face as if this is Pokemon, and we're gonna we're gonna let you know what your game can be, what it could be if you did 60 FPS, if you had, you know, an open world system like this, if you you know, actually put in the time and effort to like not fumble on release, you know, just stuff like that. Um, and I think this puts this like a little bit of a fire under Game Freak a Game Freak and Nintendo where it's like, oh, this random company came out of nowhere, literally made a better version of Legends Arceus with guns. Um, and now we have to like kind of answer back to it. Like we have to prove why we are still the the best one in this you know in this industry um and i think obviously competitive competition always breeds like a better product for the for for the consumer and i think that that's 100 percent true for this as well it's like we like i like pokemon i would love a pokemon game to be as like active and as like insane as this but I doubt that it's going to happen after seeing what happened with, you know, Scarlet and Violet. It's really tough for me to like fall in love with a Pokemon game uh, pretty recently. Um, I mean, honestly, so, like, Pal World looks better than Pokemon. Exactly. Visually, like it looks like, better. It's that's also due to like the hardware limitations, too, because like Pal World, you can play on PC like right, right now. Fair, fair. And like, unfortunately, you know, uh, Pokemon is limited to to the switch so like that could also light a fire under nintendo too where it's like hey you got to create something that's got slightly better graphics and can run maybe more than 60 fps or something um but if that happens i mean i i would love to see in a world where pokemon has a game as excellent or as well received at the launch as pal world um it is really tough for me as a Pokemon fan to like go see back to retro Pokemon, you'll do it, and so, you'll get like, that reception for real. Like if you literally just said, "Oh, we're re-releasing Platinum," like in its entirety, like sure, come and get it. Like I'll be like, "Okay, cool." Like that that sounds like fun. We're doing Black and White too. We're bringing back the Tournament of Champions. If they say that, like it's over. Like I'm buying that in an instant. Um, but yeah, that's the whole thing. It's just like I would love to have a Pokemon game where it makes me feel like 
I can enjoy the game. Like I can, like I can one feel a little bit of sense of nostalgia, but also like have it look as good and be as polished as something like Pal World, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel about this game being released and what it, pressure it applies to Nintendo and and Game Freak. I think that one, I think it's a good thing that it's happening, but I also think that like. Nintendo and Game Freak will not stand for it, and I think that they will try to shut it down as soon as possible. Oh yeah, no, it's it, the fact that it's being it's being called Pokemon with guns. I think is something that they take issue with, mm -hmm. and they want it shut down as fast as possible. Like, but what were you saying about like the company? So, uh, previous games that are done by this this company, a lot of people like you. You mentioned how they're like chasing assets, um, but we've also seen this company also use AI art. And like cut certain corners when it comes to more of like character design rather than like hiring a traditional artist to do it. Um, and so in in my opinion, like I haven't bought the game yet, only because like those kinds of things like sit in my head for a little bit where I'm like, I don't know if I can give you my money if like you know, most of the assets and most of the stuff is not yours, you know. Um, but at the same time, I do understand people are having fun with it. I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. You could go ahead and do you, but I don't know if I can get behind it as much, you know? Interesting. Okay. What do you, in just prediction, Kevin, what do you think is going to happen with Power World? Is it going to survive the controversy? Is it, does it have enough, um, actual staying power besides the novelty of Pokemon with guns or is it just kind of like the flavor of the moment because I've, I've watched like Dunkey put out a video today and I watched it it's about he's just making goofs about Pal World but it just looks like a lot of grinding and a lot of filler yeah that's the thing like, that I'm all crafting games it's like yeah what if it is all just like like a lot so of people are saying like gimmick of guns yeah and filler yeah and that's the thing. Like, I'm not a hundred percent on board with. I don't. I don't like doing grind gameplay. But like, my my dumbass will play Persona just because of like the the, the vibes of it. You know, it it's just one of those ones where it just feels like I don't know how much I can enjoy this game if it's not its own original work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the whole controversy of AI thing already. Like, it's it's not. Mm -hmm work it's just scraped copied amalgamated stuff um anyway speaking of of original work this isn't a, this that that's a bad transition um the oscars uh the nominations came out today um i'm just going to go through a couple of like the bigger categories um because we don't care about all the categories unfortunately but oppenheimer took the most nominations this year with 13 Poor Things came in at 11. Killers of the Flower Moon was 10. Barbie was at 8. And Maestro was at 7. So those are the top five like nominated films this year. Um, the best picture nominations so far are American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, and Poor Things. If, and if the Golden Globes are anything to judge by, then... Uh, Oppenheimer is going to take it, which eh, I don't know if I agree with that. I still personally liked Barbie better, um, but I don't think that Hollywood takes Barbie all that seriously in spite of all the money that it made. I think they're just fawning over another uh, Christopher Nolan film, although it was good. I just don't think it's as good as people were saying. Oh, also Zone of Interest. It was hidden by an ad. That's another one that's in. Um, best directors are Justine Triette for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer, Zone of Interest, actor in a leading role, Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, I Want Him to Win, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction, actress in a leading role, Annette Bening for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Emma Stone for Poor Things, actor in a supporting role is American Fiction, 
uh, Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, um, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things, actress in a supporting role, um, Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Um, original song, um, The Fire Inside from Flame and Hot, I'm Just Ken from Barbie, It Never Went Away from American Symphony. I can't, I, I don't know how to say this word. It's in, um, it's in a Native American tongue. It's Wazhaze. It, it translates to a song for my people. It's from Killers of the Flower Moon. What was I made for from Barbie? Um, costume design Barbie was nominated. Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. Uh, let's see. Uh, animated feature film. Boy and the Heron. Elemental. Nimona. Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And production design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. You'll notice that when I read for um, Best Director and for Actress in a Leading Role, um, Margot Robbie was not in there. Greta Gerwig was not in there, which has caused a lot of controversy because... Have, have you seen Barbie, Kevin? I still have not. I have been okay. living under a rock. <laughs> I mean... I, I recommend watching it, but like part of the whole movie is that it's it's kind of about that how like the Kens take over essentially and like steal Barbie world from the Barbies. So mm-hmm. um that's kind of what happened here in essence, and how like it's Barbie's film, it's about Barbie. The director and the star who worked on this and our women did not get it, but the man got it. Um, and Ryan Gosling, who played Ken and got the nomination, said, there is no Ken without Barbie. Um, I am extremely honored and nominated by my colleagues along such, alongside such remarkable artists in a year of so many great films. I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm also incredibly honored and proud that it's for a, playing a plastic doll named Ken, but there is no Ken without Barbie. There is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, the two people responsible for this history-making, globally celebrated film. So, um, it's, I think it's extremely disappointing that they didn't get it. Gosling said he's extremely disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective, respective categories. Um, so, I mean, at least America Ferreira, um, got her nomination. So there was something there. <laughs> it's, but yeah, that's the nominations this year. Um, what do you think about the uh, animated category, Kevin? Oh, okay. I Wait, don't think... I'll read them again. Boy in the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Across the Spider-Verse. I haven't seen Nimona. I haven't, well, I've only seen but between these, Boy in the Heron and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I don't think Boy in the Heron is that good. It won for the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. I think... Between the two of these, Spider-Man is an infinitely more impressive film. Yeah, that that's totally fair. I feel like it's um, another like like I complained about um, uh, Nolan getting the win just because he's Christopher Nolan. I think mm-hmm. Boy in the Heron won just because it's Hayao Miyazaki. It's Hayao Miyazaki I do yeah. love Hayao Miyazaki, and I have my issues with Christopher Nolan. It's the same thing. I think mm-hmm. Spider-Man deserves it. Yeah, Spider-Man is like the better film here. The the thing that also like I I get this animated feature film aspect of it. Um, I don't know. Like Spider Verse should take it just because of you know obviously it had a great impact. It's excellent art. Takes a while for it, but um, same thing in like the anime awards um that people are still voting on. Uh, there's a lot of people who only know like the big movie. Um, which is Suzume this year um, for, right. for the an- best anime film. But like, in my opinion, there are like three other films that like nobody is or like very few people have seen, but I still think are, are amazing. I, I think that, you know, it's going to be the same thing where I think I need to see Nimona or Robot Dreams to kind of like get a vibe. But so far it's been Spider-Verse. Um, and yeah, th- that's all I could say. <laughs> 
Well, the um the Oscars are happening in March, so we'll see what happens then. But um, I'm hoping it's not a runaway for Oppenheimer because it was again it was good. It just I don't think it was that good. I think Barbie deserves more recognition than it's getting. It's like mm-hmm. it's the movie that saved the box office this year. So anyway, Kevin, take it away with the the weeb world. Okay, yeah, we we have a couple of things that we that I do want to mention. Um, in terms of the weeb stuff for this week and when what's going on, um, we're actually going to start with the the gaming half after talking about you know Power World and everything else. Uh, let's talk about the new TFT set. Um, we know that Riot caters very well to its uh, Chinese New Year audience. I mean, same thing with Overwatch as well. Um, but the Chinese market is one of the bigger aspects of of gaming, and it looks like uh Riot and well, probably Overwatch as well is probably going to follow something like this. But um, tomorrow is going to be the official release of the new TFT set. Um, in other words, everything that you learned from like the first half of the year, completely scrap that. We're playing a brand new patch. It's going to be brand new like ways to play. Um, so every single like strategy that you originally came up with, you now have to like relearn, have to play again. Um, so. I'm going to probably be taking a couple days to like grind and figure out like what's good in the set, what could possibly be ran and then go from there. Um, But the cool thing, new TFT set means that there's a new act for the battle pass. So if you had the battle pass from Remix Rumble, uh, which is previous seasons, it'll be extended and there will be more stuff in the battle pass that you can get. Um, There's a couple of new tacticians. In other words, like the little like kind of like the commander or like the little like um, character that you control as your own persona um, character in TFT. Uh, We're going to get a couple more of those, um, but we'll keep you updated on everything else that happens to come out with this set. Um, For the most part, we, we, all we know is that it's coming out and there's a couple of like really cool, like cosmetics that are coming out as well with it. So we'll see how it shakes up. Like I obviously it's going to change up the patch completely. It's just going to take us a little bit of time to figure out what's good and what works. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, next video game, let's talk about Unite. You know, I've been under a rock playing or not necessarily playing Unite, but more of like sitting back and watching the scene as it's slowly evolving. No Pokemon pun intended, but it's true. Um, the, the next Pokemon that we're going to be getting in the game is Gyarados. Um, and I know that a lot of people who... See Gyarados, they're like, okay, Gyarados, yeah, obviously badass, like, water serpent dragon thing, right? And then you remember, ah, uh, crap, it starts as Magikarp. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Um, so, yeah, there is a certain thing about Magikarp. You have to start as Magikarp, and then you have to, I think it's it's based off of a certain metric. I don't know what this effort gauge thing is, um, but I haven't seen a ton of gameplay of it either, but you do start as a fish flopping around, um, is the only attack to... to have splash? No, you you do start with I think it's flail. Um, I think you'd like oh you so hop on it and then you like right? flop a little bit. Um, you're supposed to get two moves by level three in Pokemon Unite. I don't know if it's gonna have something like that. It might have splash, which like might let it like move slightly forward more, and then there's like the flail, which is the hit. Um. But a lot of people are telling me that when you do evolve into Gyarados, it is really powerful right out the gate. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, so, yeah, you're pretty much in like a like a little floating fish guy for like the first. Uh, people are saying like almost the first like two minutes of the game, you're just like flopping around, just trying to get whatever experience you can. But once you get to Gyarados, it's a little bit like it's a little strong. So excited to see how that works. Um, the only thing that we know for sure um are its ability which is moxie um in other words uh moxie's ability is when a pokemon gets knocked out um by gyarados um it it cre- it increases its cooldown or it it reduces the cooldowns of all of its moves but it also moves faster so moxie just makes it like really really strong overall uh the move set is Dragon Breath and Aqua Tail for move number one, and the move two is Waterfall and Bounce, so it's giving it a little bit more, um, more mobility in that fact. Um, the F- Unite move is called Dragon's Current, which is kind of based off of the uh, the anime version of what you see Gyarados known for, which is 
essentially it's like one of the few Pokemon that is known for creating like torrents and like um and essentially like uh like whirlpools in the in the ocean. It's considered like the the raging beast of the ocean for that matter. So um in Unite you you dive under water. So it's like a dive move. And then when you come back up, um the way how you do come back up is you have to circle a certain Pokemon with like your movement and then you come up and you surround them in a whirlpool. Um and then you take you take the fight in there. So it's another interesting Pokemon that we're getting, especially right after Metagross, but um excited to see how Gyarados is gonna play and especially heading into the new uh Pokemon Unite season. Um our Pokemon Unite season is gonna start in February. So with February as well, we're supposed to get that new update to the um competitive side of things. So I'm excited to see that come through as well. Um I've been telling my friends like, hey, I'm probably gonna come back in once this new patch comes in. Um, oh, nice in February. So I want to get back on the grind, want to, you know, stream a little bit more, get get more people involved and see how it goes. But the the main thing, by the way, so uh, Matt, are you any familiar with League of Legends like drafting thing or like, you know, like a snake draft in general? No, I'm not. So in MOBAs, there's such thing as all pick and then there's such thing as like a draft mode. So Right now, in competitive Pokemon, it's kind of all pick. In other words, you pick whatever Pokemon you want on your team, and your the other team gets to pick whatever Pokemon they want on their team, and then you play against each other in your five on five, right? Like your typical, like you're you're playing against another team of five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the new, like, competitive format of Pokemon, it follows the same rules ro- and rules as tournament mode, um, which we've had in Pokemon Unite since July of last year, but we still haven't gotten it for the competitive side. It's it's very confusing. But um, essentially, there's a snake draft that happens instead of it being you pick your Pokemon, we pick our Pokemon, let's just run it down the lanes. It becomes we pick and we, we ban one Pokemon at the start, and then it's a snake draft. So first first pick gets one then two then two uh then two then one and one right or like the last team gets the last pick right um Mm -hmm. so essentially it makes it so that you can't have more than one pokemon on each side but it also prevents players from quote-unquote one tricking which i mean we've seen one tricks in in overwatch and in a bunch of other games but there are other games where like people who are top uh, who are in like the top 2000s only play one Pokemon because it's busted and then they just grinded that one Pokemon to their rank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in Pokemon Unite now, you're going to have the option to ban that at the very beginning of the game to prevent like certain teams from picking it. Or if you see somebody who you know on the other team and you want to make them like have to play a secondary role or have them draft differently... Um, that is all going to be important as you continue to climb up the ladder and see how uh, people are selecting their Pokemon and everything is really important. So I'm excited to see how this changes the competitive scene. I think that it's going to favor the better player just for being a little bit more flexible than other players. Um, and overall, I, I'm excited to see how that changes the landscape of Unite for the competitive scene because the closer the competitive scene is to the tournament scene, the more invested uh, casual players will be in watching like the pro scene, you know? Yeah. So I think that that is something else that's also something that we have to take into consideration um, moving into the next uh, competitive Pokemon Unite season. So really looking forward to that. Um, and hopefully I can get back on the grind and continue to play more. Um, but yeah, that, that's what we have for Pokemon uh yeah, we're Pokemon Unite. We are gonna yeah, let's just talk about the nerdy manga stuff and, and what's going on. Um a couple nights ago I went over my picks for the anime awards stuff. Um so if you want to see me yell at a mic at like two in the morning, feel free to do so. But um I feel like the the main things that I want to say is when you are voting for the anime awards, I feel like this has a lot more gravity than previous years because of what we've learned from Mappa about Mappa Studios and their whole um their their whole system right now 
Um, it's not looking good if you if you don't know what's going on in Mappa Studios. Um, Mappa is essentially like one of the bigger anime studios in Japan. Um, they've created stuff like uh, Attack on Titan. Uh, they've done uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. They're they're working on a whole bunch of other other big shows, mostly Shonen Jump shows. Um, they're also nominated for Chainsaw Man and Vinland Saga this year as well. So like all these really big series are created by Mafa, but um, what came to light about I think a couple months ago was like some of the animators are getting paid like pennies, like are not even getting paid well, um, especially for the amount of work they have to put in to meet the deadlines. Mm-hmm. Um, certain certain people are saying like like this job is literally like driving me insane. We're like droves of really big animators are slowly leaving Mappa Studios. Um, because of stuff like this um and i want to just say like if you do want to make your voice heard i feel like the anime awards because it is like just like last year it is hosted in tokyo um i feel like if you if we voted with our voice and let them know like hey like if one of the big three from this year does not win so in other words if chainsaw man Jujutsu Kaisen or Vinland Saga does not win anime of the year and it literally goes to Oshinoko, Bochi the Rock or Demon Slayer like it lets them know like hey like we took that into consideration and you don't deserve anime of the year um honestly in my opinion I think Bochi the Rock is going to sweep a lot of this but um I do think that that is one way to like kind of let Mappa know like hey we we know what's going on like it's affecting your image and so on and so forth so um if you guys want to vote for vote for what you want, feel free to. But um, just letting you guys know, your voice does matter, especially in these uh, kind of voting scenarios. Because uh, once Mappa gets like their head a little bit, you know, inflated, they might try to do more than what they can handle. And uh, obviously, like forcing a bad product is bad for all of us. So it's much better yeah. if they take their time and like even even letting other studios like compete with them is probably a better like thing. For everybody like at the end of the day so i'm excited to see like what this kind of implies um especially when we're also having the anime awards i think in march as well like early march um so there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff that i'm like thinking about when it comes to the anime awards and uh what that can really mean for the industry as well so yeah um, if you guys still want to vote, by the way, it, uh, voting is open until January 27th and you could vote however many times. Well, you could vote once a day per day um, up until then. So um, feel free to feel free to do so um, and, and make your voices heard. Uh, let people know about uh, about about the games and like in the shows that you like um, and, and let them know. So, yeah. Uh, that is it for the anime awards. Let's go into let's go into the manga releases. Uh, stuff that I am keeping my eye out for manga release wise. Um, this week we have Boys Abyss Four, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean Volume Two, which is the hardcover, and Bochi the Rock Two uh, finally makes its way overseas. Uh, next week is not that much. Uh, and kind of like a little quiet. Uh, one of the big ones, though, is Chainsaw Man Volume 14. So if you are looking for Volume 14, make sure to go ahead and uh, go ahead and pick that up. Um, and then the last one is the Vinland Saga Deluxe Edition Volume 1, which if you collect Vinland Saga, it is a hardcover version of Volume 1 that we already have. Um, but if you guys haven't collected Vinland Saga and want to collect it as it's coming out, would recommend these. They are uh leather bound uh books so they'll probably look a little bit better um and they'll definitely last longer if you are trying to read through vinland so um yeah th- that's what we got going on a uh, couple a couple of books here and there and e- excited to see how the uh esports landscape is about to change up as well as the anime and manga uh side of things as well does that do it for this the words does that words does that do it for us for the week? I swear I can talk properly. English is my first language. Uh, it is also my first language and Englishing is hard. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that is it for this week. I don't have much else to really mention. Um, 
because yeah uh the only other thing that i would say is if you're trying to keep keep your eyes peeled for persona 3 uh reloaded if anybody's trying to get that um i'm trying to figure out where to get it and what to get it for um but i love me some persona 3 have you played any of the persona games before matt no i've i've not been able to play them i just think like at the time i i don't know I've never played them. I've watched like people play them. I've watched videos mm-hmm. of them. I've just never done it myself. Yeah, it it does have this kind of like dungeon explorer kind of grind vibe to it, but um the best way how I could describe it is the dead there there's multiple versions of Persona. Um obviously play the latest ones that that are out there. Um but Persona 5 is kind of in the middle of what Persona 3 and Persona 4 is. Persona 4 is like, yeah, there's like a dark like murder vibe to it, but like for the most part, it's really happy. Like mm-hmm. it's just about like characters like self-discovery. Uh Persona 5 is like taking down the evil organizations and like the the corrupt people around you and fixing, you know, the area and so on and so forth. Uh Persona 3 is about shooting yourself in the head with an invoker, which is literally <laughs> a prop gun, and then like changing who you are inside to save the world from being destroyed uh at the end. So yeah, it's it's freaking wild. Um yeah, when I played wild. Persona when I played Persona 3, I was like in middle school and it was like during my emo phase. So I was like, yeah, I get these characters. Yeah. It's like uh we've never had like a really true, like at least a newer version of that. A lot of people still really hype up four and five, but they don't know how dark three really got. So I'm excited to see how people who only play Persona 5 go back and play Persona 3 and just see like them being like, oh God, like that that's wild. Like, how is that how is that a thing? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. really, really excited to see uh how people are gonna take that. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you have a good end of January. I don't know. Next week is the next last week of January. So we might Officially. record. Yeah, we might record we, before the end of we January. We might. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how our schedules go. But thank you for tuning in with us for this first month of 2024. Ew, I hate saying that. It makes me feel like time is passing <laughs> much faster than it should be. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Um, don't let the existential dread get you too, down too much. And we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest news and stories from around the internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.